This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. Hello, welcome to episode 82 of the Boundary Park Alert System. Season 2 is almost at an end. It's the penultimate episode of the season, unless we decide to throw something else in a bit later on. But yeah, we're, me and my uh, my co-host Andy Halliwell are getting a little bit of latex fatigue, are we not, sir, at this point in the season? Uh, I, I get latex fatigue at the best of times on the basis that at this stage in the season we rarely got something to... Uh, to cheer on but this season really has tested my patience <laughs> yeah it is it's hard work it's, it's it's getting it's been getting harder and harder like every because we record on a sunday morning so or usually sometimes occasionally on a saturday afternoon but you know getting yourself up on a sunday morning and getting in front of the mic and going right okay let's uh let's relive the week that was at latics it's it's hard to it's hard to get up for which is why we have to enlist the help of people like adam from Push the Boundary. Good morning, Adam. Good morning. You were there yesterday. I was. Yeah. Apparently, you were just telling us that you've you, you've got a bit of a, a lasting effect from the booze. That's the booze with a B O O S. Is that right? Or is that how you spell booze? That, that is yeah. correct. Well, yes. not the B O O Z E booze. That, that that kind of booze. Yeah. No, I was I was I was home early yesterday, so not not too bad. But um, no, it was definitely from the booze. Uh, <laughs> For the, uh, for the players, which was uh, much deserved for an utterly spineless performance once again. And someone who who's who's here to to corroborate that uh, you were there yesterday is Rick Metty. You're back on the pod. For this. this is your second time. You were last time you were on. I wasn't here. I think you did it with Andy. Welcome back, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Also, uh, feeling the effects from the booze. But I, I like to think I'm one of the king of the booze. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I just ask you a question? Um, personal question. Well, not that personal, don't worry. But how's your knee? Because uh, you had a right. Yeah. I played football with Rick on a Wednesday, uh, and you had a right tumble, didn't you, the other day? I did, yeah. Um, I've got low centre of gravity. It's, it's a really bad balance because uh, I've got a gammy leg. But um, I managed to catch one the back of my foot with my other foot as I was running to chase somebody. And scraped all my knee. Yeah, it was fantastic. As a forty-one-year-old man, I really should grow up. Really, <laughs> a proper artificial pitch burn on your knee. It was a, uh, it was a belter. Um, yeah. So there we go. So as long as you're all right, that's the main thing. Um, I think it's our, as Latics fans, it's our pride that's bruised and grazed this season, and it more than anything else. We've got one game to go. Where if you look, I was just having a quick look at the League Two table because. I'm a um, you know a bit of a masochist, and um, just looking at all the green ticks and the red crosses and all that, and then the little um, little sort of minus signs for draws. Last five games there at Oldham, just five red crosses. We've lost the last five games. Uh, we're well and truly down and out. Yesterday, I couldn't um, face going to travel. Me, I just could, I've had a really busy week. And I just couldn't be asked. I, I, I woke up, snooker was on, I watched that. Then I watched Liverpool and Newcastle. Then I watched more snooker. Uh, and that was me. Didn't leave the house. And it was it was bliss. I really, really enjoyed it. Did I make the wrong decision, lads? <laughs> How was yesterday, Tranmere away? The penulti- well, the penultimate game and the last away game of the season. Which normally, I would be well up for the last away game of the season. But what was it like? Adam, you give us your uh, assessment first, mate. 
for me, um, the atmosphere was quite strange, really. Um, There's obviously quite a lot of fans who were well up for um, booing the players, given that we'd not really seen them since relegation was confirmed. Um, and there was others who were criticising fans for, for booing the players as they were coming out. And um, But after that, it was... We were sort of making light of the situation uh, by saying that we're going down to the National League and a couple of other songs. And I think if we didn't, Tramia definitely would have uh, took the piss royally. So I think um, we were doing it in jest to prevent them from doing it. But no, the, the atmosphere was good in general. Um, I think we had one shot on target from Stobbs that I can remember that was anything of real note that the keeper actually had to make a real diving save for. Other than that, backwards passing, sideways passing, safe. Didn't really test Joe Murphy. Um, <laughs> Peter Clark wasn't, giving us a round I, I of wasn't applause expecting... was probably the best part of the game. I wasn't really expecting much in terms of of a football analysis, really. I mean, we, we've 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 seen it all, haven't we, over the season? We know what this team's like. We, I think, like I say, having bruised pride, you might hope to see some kind of a of a performance from the players. Did they look? Did they look like they were trying their best, or did they look like their heads were somewhere else? They looked like their heads were uh, on the the next moves to a uh, conference south and north. By the looks of it, <laughs> um, definitely wasn't in the game. Um, some absolutely shambolic performances yesterday. Really poor. Um, just never looked like we were going to threaten them at all. I don't know whether Rick agrees, but f- for me, it was just it was like a pre-season for our charity game. It was there was no pace to it from us at all. Tramier wanted to win the game, and obviously they went on comfortably, but no poor. Yeah, I have to. Uh, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I, I went because. I'm sick in the extent that I wanted it to be, you know, kind of monkeys in the zoo jumping up and down, doing the players kind of thing. And that, it didn't really take off because pre-match after the warm-up, they did the usual thing, coming over like Liverpool in front of the cop and they're clapping the fans and the, cla- the fans all stood up and started clapping back. And I was like, Jesus, what's happening here? Why are they <laughs> clapping the players? Then they came on the pitch and, you know, they got rightly booed on by large sections of fans, which I quite enjoyed. Um, but it's it's quite. I was quite disappointed in the Tramier fans because I expected with them chasing that hope, you know, that they were hoping to get that final playoff spot, that they'd be making an absolute racket and taking the piss out of us. Some at Rotten just didn't happen. Apart from there was two or three really strange fans in the bottom corner that were uh, trying the best, and then uh, as Adam said, you know, they were we were taking taking the piss out of ourselves with what we were singing and stuff and. The best part of the game, as you mentioned, probably Peter Clark coming over, clapping uh, our fans. Apart from perhaps, you know, seats going on the pitch, which was quite interesting, and four or five bottles got thrown on. Not not so much a highlight, but at least it was something that happened. And then, you know, you look at the shots, as you said, Stobbs was the second half. He did half a shot in the first half, which prompted the fans to start cheering that we've had a shot. And they were just abject as usual. They're, you know, they're an absolute disgrace. One to eleven, aren't they? 
pretty much what I expected to hear <laughs> and pretty much why I didn't go, to be honest. <laughs> uh, uh, Andy, I think you were, you were playing cricket in back garden, weren't you, for just the whole time the game was on? You didn't pay any attention to it? It's the first game of the season I've not followed at all, yeah. Didn't, I didn't listen to the commentary. Played with my son in the back garden. Didn't, it was quite a nice warm day down south. I don't know it was like up north. Pretty, pretty hot down here. So I just didn't look. I just looked at the full time score at the end, and that was it. And that's I. That's what I mean about being fatigued. I just haven't got the energy for it at the minute. I could do with a break. Cricket season started. Lancashire looked look like they're doing all right. Got a decent side, so I think I'll probably concentrate on that for a bit. <laughs> I just just need a bit of a break. It's hard going. Just out of interest, I've got the um, while we're talking about the players, and you just talked about you know. Um, before who who maybe you'd want to retain of the squad, we've got eight players, eight players that are either contracted beyond the end of the season or we have an option on. So I'll read them out to you, and then you can tell me. Uh, you can tell me what exciting. you think. Hey, it's exciting Just for the pure excitement of it. You ready? And now, and, and I've got, I've got to, I've got to. Um, so the first one is Jason Lutweiler, right? But he was signed on a two-year deal, but I don't know whether that two-year deal was ratified on the basis that they cut the paperwork up, didn't they? Yeah. So that's that's the same. For me. I think it has been dropped to a year, that hasn't it? Uh, I don't know. I think, so, yeah. So Luke, presumably, Luke yeah, in order to fall into line with the rules. Yeah. So so Lutweiler and McGahey were were reported to be offered two-year deals, but of course neither of them played for the first six games because they cocked up the contract. So. They could be on a one-year deal, but we don't know. So they technically, the announcement at least was 2023. So would you would you want to keep Luke Weiler and McGahey? No. <laughs> Sam Hart is has got a deal to 2022, but we've got an option, so we could extend him for another year. Would you extend him? Rip that option up, please. <laughs> right, listen, not. listen to this. There's, there's a the, there's a theory behind Sam Hart. Sam Hart's been relegated twice in two years, Southend and Oldham. So double relegation, Sam. Brilliant. Let's keep him. Fans love him because he runs up and down the pitch and he's got long hair. He's shit. Get rid of him. He's rubbish. <laughs> Absolutely rubbish. It's, it's and a bit he can't like score red... penalties either. So get rid of him. It's a bit like relegation Dan Gardner, isn't it? When we had yeah, him. double relegation Dan. Yeah, he was another one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Sam Hart, 2022 plus a year. Benny Kuto, 2024. Woo! There you go. Didn't realise we'd give him one that long. Um, it is, this is a beaut. I'm sure you'll extend this one. 2022, with an option, Oos Cisse. Who? Oos Cisse. Oos Cisse, yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, if you don't want him, if you don't want him, I've got the one for you. 2022, with an option, Jamie Hopcock. <laughs> God. Sweden's finest. Can I just give a shout out to the guy wearing a, sh a, a latex replica shirt with number twenty-seven hop cut on the back uh, in the Rochdale Road and a few weeks back? Oh. Whoever you are, I don't know if you listen to the podcast. Uh, was that a you bet, or that are you are you related, or is that are you? Is your name Hopcut? I don't know, but uh, you know, if he's your favorite Mate, player, then he uh, scored a goal. You want he? Him to sign, yeah. so he scored a goal and he's got rid of that rubbish haircut. That's all you can say about him, and it move on. Right, we've got yeah. two more left. We've done six. I don't think you've retained any at the minute. Um, well, you, Kuto, presumably. Kuto, yeah. Are you, you, you keeping mean, Benny you, Kuto? You keep all yeah. the kids, won't you? Yeah. yeah. Keep the yeah. kids, Low Amber, um, yeah. Vaughan. Uh, Harry Vaughan, 2023, uh, plus a year. Well, we have to hope we can keep Harry Vaughan. But I was talking about this to my dad this morning. Like, what... what 
how good is it for their development now going down into the National League? And is it from a, from their own personal point of view, is it worth sticking around? How much game time are they going to get down there? Um, you know, it's it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, if we're there for us, if, if best case scenario, we're there for a season, you know. Uh, <laughs> we are we are definitely going to be there for a lot more than a season. Right, exactly. If, so if if we are there for a season, it's because we've gone down to the conference now. Like, <laughs> clear here. Yeah. Um, so this is not going to be any good for these lads, then, is it? So no, they're so better off it, moving to a bigger club and playing with bit better, younger players. I think. So you so you're even you're even probably cashing in on Harry Vaughan. Final one, the eighth one, 2022, with an option for an extended year. Hallam Hope. Hang on a minute. So just just for clarity, Diara's contract's up, yeah? Yeah. Fergie's up. Yeah. These extensions these these that they were given last season. So Jameson must be up. Jameson's up. Junior Junior Luamba's contract expires in 2022 and doesn't appear to be any extension on. There may be one, but not not that we've seen. But so Junior Lalamba could technically just walk out at the end of the well. If we offer him a contract because he's under twenty four, I think we'd still receive compensation. But technically, he could leave. Mm. <laughs> I mean, you'd I don't lose any sleep over that. I mean, he's all right. You know, is he a player that start? He can't start games because he start. You know, he's not very good when he starts games. And he's all right. He's got next to no service and nobody next to him either. But. He's an impact sub, isn't he? At the minute, I think he's that. That's what we should do with him. He is. I, I agree with you, but you, you could you could argue that the likes of your, you know, the likes of your Kutos and your Vaughns and your Loambers, you know, they've come through the youth system. They're not going to be expensive. Um, if you can retain them for a couple of years, and then build on what what skills, you know, what they offer, you could end up with a decent player for for very you know, very little investment comparatively and you may be able to cash in on them. So you don't know what the potential of these, these boys is. So I, Andy, I like you didn't mention Will Sutton then, mate. Just what's the story with him? So obviously uh, he's played this year in the first team and so Will, Will Will Sutton's contract is up at every, basically any other player yeah. contract expires twenty twenty two. Um you know so anybody I'm pointless reading them out all of them yeah, yeah, are in twenty twenty two without any extension that we're aware of so it's not been announced so we've got eight players that we could technically retain or um or or activate their extension and i mean i'd get rid of everybody who's out of contract say again i'd get rid of everybody who's out of contract because you know there's been a season that's 40 odd games long and look what they've achieved yeah you know they'll say you know there's the argument on twitter is that it's not their fault that they're not good enough well Mm. They're getting paid whatever they're getting paid, whether that's a crap or amount or not, to play football for a living. And they've only got to do it once or twice a week. And all they have to do is put the effort in. And they don't really put the effort in either. So am I going to cry if Captain Marvel disappears and goes and re-signs for Salford or some other rubbish team? No, I'm not. Because for a third of the season, Pierre Gianni was the worst player I've ever seen. And then... You look at your lights of Nicky Adams, people like Nicky Adams, but he's blowing out of his ass after 10 minutes. He's always red after 10 minutes, whether he's off the bench or not. Then you have Keel Dunn, who turns up once every five games. Callum Whelan, one of the worst players we've ever seen. People chant his name. Christopher Missaloo, look at him yesterday for one of the goals. He can't pass the ball two yards, and he's not very good at tackling either. So, this, for me, just get, I'd get rid of them all. 
What, there's a, what there's a song by Orange Juice, What Comes to Mind here now. Rip it up and start again. Uh, yeah, Matt have to play that on, on the outro. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, it has been piss poor, hasn't it? So there is no one, really. And the other thing is that we need to build a side for the National League, don't we? So how many, you know, I was watching uh, a little bit of Stockport versus Boreham Wood last night. Boreham Wood are, are, are a good side. They've... they've Look like they've uh, going to have a good team next season. Got some big lads. They're very, very difficult to break down. You know, there's a, there was a lot of long balls going on last night. There's there's a lot of big lads. <laughs> you know, none well, of our team. League's about though, isn't it? It's about yeah. a lot of cloggers. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so people like, who are going to kick you, and that's how we've you not get got that, have we? We've not got anyone that, that in that team that that is that type of. You know, like when you've put um, when McGay's been up against a really big strong lads in the division like when he was against Jamil Matt at Forest Green last week he got he got bullied he got you know it was just we need I do think we might as well just start again completely from scratch like you say maybe keep some of the young lads who are not you know in, in all reality aren't going to feature next season anyway mm. so, um, so they might even need to cash in now while they can I think they probably will to be honest on the well, it, it, it brings us on to um I guess you know if you're gonna if you're gonna go with that policy, who's gonna be in charge of recruitment next season? Because you know we've all seen. I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to this, but we've all seen you know the announcement about John Sheridan staying next year with the title manager as opposed to head coach, which would lead you to believe, and you would imagine that that Shares would have sought some assurances over over recruitment. But who's going to help him with that? Is it just him and Tommy Wright doing it? Tommy Wright hasn't been announced as being retained, has he? Um, so, you know, is there someone else going to come in, in in the background to help him? Or is Mo is Mo sticking around still? Like, you know, we I guess these are the unanswered questions because some of the statements, they give you a tiny bit of information, but they're not giving you the full picture. Because if I'm honest, the other thing to talk about, about Sheridan is, whilst all of us sort of have a lot of admiration and sort of love for John Sheridan because of what he's done for the club over the years. Actually, if you look at Sheridan's performance at putting a team together over the summer, running into a new season in his previous jobs, most recent jobs, actually he's fared quite badly. He's he's come into places like Fleetwood, done a good job at the end of the season, kept them up, did it with Newport, he's done it with us a couple of times, obviously failed this time. But actually, once he's had time over the summer to put a team together, I think Chesterfield in the conference, didn't he have a go at Carlisle? Um, he did all right, didn't do too bad there. Swindon didn't do great there when he got jettisoned in. So I, I, I guess my concern is that unless Shez gets some help, he's got a lot of people to sign and he's going to be very, very difficult for him to put a competitive team together right off the bat, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, he was the thing is, I mean, he was going to retire and he was going to retire for a reason. You know, he'd obviously had enough. Um, he'd, he'd said it himself. He, he, you know, he'd kind of fallen out of, of love with the whole thing and, and he felt like he didn't have the energy to do it. I think when we look, when we look at that speech, uh, not the speech, but the interview that he, that he gave yesterday after the Tranmere game and the emotion in it and how he felt. You know, before it's one of one of the worst feelings I've had probably is in, I've been in the game probably what is it 40, 40 years I think probably my worst be even before the game I felt absolutely sick. I did I felt sick before the game because I'm coming here for nothing and I know we're going to have the support we got. I'm just I'm 
I got quite emotional at the end there towards uh, supporters. How can you have that support when we've just been relegated? Trying to get behind the team and I just I just find it hard to talk. It's not really worth me talking as well. And you know, I'm just I'm like, I don't want to be harsh with the players. I've just said to him, listen, I said to him last week, you've got to take a long hard look at yourselves. I've come in, I was hoping we'd do better than what we've done. I was hoping we'd I was dying for us to stay up. It hasn't happened. I've just got to I'm here next year, I'm gonna try my socks off to just for them to try and get us back up as quickly as I can. We all connect to that. We all connect to him. He, he's, he's a very rare thing in football where the manager of your team reflects the emotion of the fans. And that's that's what happened yesterday. It's very, very, you know, there's a lot of empathy between the two, between fans and between him uh, and him and the fans. But that is not reason for him to be the manager next season. That's, you put an emotion in the way of, 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 something which is it shouldn't be an emotional decision it needs to be a very strategic decision we don't know Andy you're right what happens with more what's his position at the football club now um are we expecting shares and more to be working together are we expecting anybody to be working with more after all the issues that we've had we need a statement from the club don't we clarifying that really um what that situation is and we we, we need shares to be given all the support he can we're by the right minute, people. Though, would, you, would you want a statement in the sense that them saying, oh, Sheridan's going to have full control when when was the last time we had a statement that was truthful? Yeah. Well, look, I mean, this is the thing. We don't trust it's, it's what about the, the tellers actions, doing. Isn't it? You know, yeah, we don't trust Get them, Mo do out of that position. Doesn't well, need this... to be in that position. Sheridan's played at two World Cups. Paul Lensigan's played football manager. Let's... For you know, four years, unfortunately. Yeah, just <laughs> got no relevance in him being there at all. It's a waste of a wage. If we're looking at being short of cash, that's one to cut straight away. Yeah. Because he's clearly picking up a wage. You don't do that for free, do you? No. I think I think I, that that's what leads us on to the to the next big question, doesn't it, really? About next season and about you know, we've had the people Paddy's number one, isn't he? Paddy's number one. You know, oh, you, you'll you'll all be back when you get a manager you like. Uh, he keeps he keeps throwing that one out there on Twitter. You know, and let's be fair, like we you know we went back to back shares, didn't we? And for for this and and I think that more than anything, it was kind of like, well, shares is back. Um, we're desperate to stay in the AFL, and we gave it a go. We did our surveys with the uh, OASF asking about direct action for this season, and, and a vast majority of fans said that they're not going to go, not going to buy season tickets and go while the, while these guys are in charge. And, and and what I was saying about the emotion of it, this is where I think the emotion of it has to come out now. I would love to back shares. I'd love to to follow my heart and and get behind him next season. But ultimately, because of the other things that we've talked about. It's, there's every chance that Shez won't be there <laughs> with Latics by the start of the season or by Christmas or certainly by the end of the season because no manager has finished the season under the Lemsigan. So, like, at what point do we say enough is enough? And I think that two relegations in four seasons and them never changing their stance and appointing Shez is not a good enough reason. For me, no way I'm going back to Boundary Park and spending money at the club. On that on that logic, there's, there's there's no logic to suggest that things are going to change. There's no evidence to suggest that things are going to change. And Shez has just basically, for his own emotional reasons, jumped from the frying pan into the fire, hasn't he, really? 
I think he's a bit stupid, to be honest, because fan, it doesn't matter if he fails this time around next season and we're doing terrible, fans will still love him because it's Sheridan and that'll always remain. It's you know We have certain affinities with people like the likes of Jose Baxter, Peter Clark and Shez. You know, we kind of love those kind of people, but he shouldn't have done it because he's, he didn't do a good job with Chesterfield and he got sacked from there. He was like third bottom, weren't they, when they were you know they were down there and um i just can't see how it's going to work because whether mo's involved or not you know who's going to want to sign for us you know it's we do need people that you need a couple of thugs at the back you need a thug in midfield you need somebody who can pass the ball we don't really have anybody who can do that at all now and then you do need a target man up front as well and it's where's he going to get these people from and you touched on about the people, whether they're going to buy season tickets or not. I was speaking to some people in the ground yesterday and they've or they've already bought the tickets. And, you know, my mate's come up with a, he come up with a fantastic phrase, which kind of sums it up, which it basically reads, he's saying that, that you know, Lemsigans have come in, they've shit all over the house, they set fire to it and some Latics fans are willing to pay for the bulldozer. You know, and it's true, isn't it? Because <laughs> they are doing, you know, they're putting the money in and letting Lemsigans run riot. And it, the time has come now to just not, you just, you've got to starve them like you guys have been saying for God knows how long. I've not been to an home game since Paul Scholes left and I won't go back. I went in the ground last week after the game had finished and the fans were on the pitch and it made me feel sick. I was looking at the fans on the pitch and it made me feel sick. You know, the reporters were in there. You see, Old, you know, the, there was an old fella on the local news. Once they walked away near B and Q, and he was crying. And it's, it's just sickening. It's absolutely awful. That you know, you got to starve them out because that's the only thing we can do now. Uh, absolutely, the the, the the move to get Sheridan back in in January was the last throw of the dice. But it, but but also, and I know that. John Sheridan had offered his services to the club weeks and weeks earlier than he was appointed after the Harrogate game. And it was Mohamed Lemzegam, specifically Mohamed Lemzegam, that did not approve it. Apparently, Abdallah was keen, uh, but Mo wouldn't have it. Mo wanted to carry on with with uh, the man in the in the Montclair onesie. <laughs> so, fake Montclair onesie, that one. Yeah. So... It, this this demonstrates the ineptitude and stupidity of the people that run run the club, and, and the we also of Mo. We, we're in the arrogance of Mo, and we we also know we also know it, it was Barry who was involved in in sort of trying to be the conduit in in amongst all of that, which was another way for him to get his feet under the table. No, and you I can't also, say the B word anymore, Andy. That's what do you want to policy? What we calling him? Horrible, the laughing man. policeman. So yeah. he, any anyway, I also I also know. This week, the, the statements that have been issued by the club about, you know, looking to ban supporters and, and, and also the keenness to try to get Sheridan to extend for a year, this is all Barry's doing as well. Um, Barry is, is not officially on the board of the club, but he is a special advisor. In the He's very economy. special. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, he is really special, yeah. Committing serious criminal offences. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think anybody who purchases a season ticket on the back of them, you know, encouraging or happy to, to, to extend Sheridan's contract for a year because it tries to give them breathing space. It, it's, it's all for the, for the people who run the club it's the ability to try to, um, you know, put a sticking plaster over a great big wound. And 
anyone who's putting money in, you are in effect endorsing the involvement of the laughing policeman, the, the, the world's greatest sporting director and, and an owner that has been to the United Kingdom once in the last two years. Exactly. It is absolutely nuts to do so, in my opinion. Right. Based on and, based on the evidence, based on the evidence of of of, of Shezzy's performance, and we're taking the emotion out of it, right? Because we love him, right? That's not the issue. Taking into the evidence of his performance pr prior to coming into Latics and the fact that he was he wanted to retire because you know he was struggling with 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 enjoyment of the game and everything and motivation and stuff. All that being said, and to be honest with you, I'd I'd be I'm happy for him to stay next season because who else are we going to get in? Who else? Like who's going to come in and manage Latics, right? So fair enough. But is is putting the money into the club for shares more important than taking the money out of the club to get rid of the other guys? And it's for me clearly it's not. It's more important now that we get rid of this regime that endorses Barry Owen, for for example, that want him involved, and that think that giving him the opportunity to write statements for the club <laughs> is acceptable. It's not acceptable. They, they, they've got a goal, but the only way we're going to do that is by doing what we do. We need positive action, which is the fundraising and, and, and working on trying to bring people in. But at the same time, we need to make sure that there's not money going into to keep them interested and to keep them going and keep and keep sustaining the club. Somebody put on Twitter this morning about it being putting money in the, that we think that putting money in the club is facilitating Mr. Lemsigan's lifestyle in Dubai. It's got nothing to do with that. That's just insane. Like we know it's not, it's his money is private money is his private money. He's not going to put that into the football club, but at yeah, some no, no, point it has to be unsustainable for him, doesn't it? It has to be unsustainable for him at some point. And that means not putting money into the football club. He seems adamant to want something for the club, right? So, so at some point a deal is going to have to be made with him, presumably to try and get rid of him. And and that we need by by making it more by keeping money away from the club and not putting it in that means that that deal gets easier and easier to to make. The more money we put into the football club, the harder that deal is going to be to get rid of him. So that's where basically it comes down to. The yeah, more money it, it, he has to put in, the harder it's going to be for him, which means exactly. that a deal has to be made. So by people putting season tickets, it's all right saying, "Well, I'm only one fan." There's another couple of hundred who are exactly the same as you. So they're putting in to Abdallah, which means he has to put less into the club. The more he puts in, the more pressure it puts on him. It's not well, the, a difficult the, concept to come across. It's not the, a difficult the, concept. The other issue is, in the statements this week, they've said that they are going to maintain the budget of this season, which is about £1.2 million on, on, um, on player wages. In effect, that's, that's the playing budget. Well, they're getting about four hundred grand of that in parachute payments. He's got to make up the rest. I'm not sure whether he's... This is the point with their statements. You cannot trust a single word. I, I, I don't trust that. They could easily just run it at 800 grand budget, just lie to us. Mm -hmm. like, and, to be fair, and Andy Cow told us it was 1 million, the wage budget, when we met him. So is it 1 million? Is it 1.2? Is it 800 grand? Could be anything, couldn't it? Yeah, but if, if they're only getting 400 grand, then... They've got to put in the rest in their own money. You put season ticket money in, you're helping them do that. Let's bleed them dry and get them out as quickly as possible. Would would be my message because otherwise you're just prolonging this for for forever more. I've just done like very quickly there, like a fact: one point twelve, one point two million. Divide that by fifty two weeks, right? For a year, I don't know. If that's how football things work. But for a squad of twenty three professionals, that'd be a thousand pound a week each, right? So 
So that's that's saying that you've got complete parity across the squad. You've got 23 pros, which is obviously not enough, right? <laughs> For two games a week in the National League. So you're paying them £1,000 each, which is you're competing, you're competing against teams that, that are in there at the minute. Stockport are, are making a really good effort at, at, at not getting automatic promotion. They lost yesterday. You know, if, they've, if they've, they've got a really tough run in, they play Wrexham, um, they've got Halifax, um, they've got a tough run in. We don't know who's going to be in that division next year, but they're going to be spending, the top teams are going to be spending more than £1,000 a week per player oh. on their top players. I mean, you're talking like three between three and four grand a week. Stockport and Wrexham are playing players, so right. their, their their budgets are going to be like probably three million three million pound. We've got no chance of competing up there. Like you can forget it. We'll, we'll we'll be nowhere near the top of the league. Even if we're doing really well, we we might just be able to see the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no chance. There's like you say. I mean, you look at it now. You've got what? You've got Stockport, Wrexham, Notts County, Grimsby, Chesterfield, Dagenham. You've got Torquay, Southend, Yeovil. Barnet, they were all teams that were former league teams. Older shot, that's another one. They were all teams that were former league teams at one point. There's no way on this. So anybody who thinks we're going to bounce straight back needs their head testing. Yeah, they need sectioning because it won't. It simply will not happen. There's no. And then not what you'll get though, Rick, is you'll get the fans that say, turn around and say to you, "Well, okay, so we need to all go and get behind the team and put our money into the club to to increase the playing budget." That's that will be their argument. So can someone? Would, yeah. It's such a short-term vision, though, isn't it? It's such a short-term thinking. It's incredibly naive because for people like me, you know, I've got a kid now who's six months old, so it's only going to be, you know, next couple of years, I'm going to want to take him to games and stuff with me. But I was almost, like I say, a bit emotional when I went in the ground the other day because it made me feel sick thinking I'm going to be taking him to games and we're going to be playing the lights of Wheelstone away on a Tuesday or something in February. And... It could well be the case that we'll go down again because the Lemsigan record is a relegation every two years. So, you know, it could well be the case that we go down. I don't care, though, because if, if it's a case that we have to go down to the National League North, didn't just stop putting any out. And look at them now, they're a proper, you know, they're in run like a proper football club. If you talk about that, though, the, the, the thing that always worries me is, so I've got two lads, five five and three, for the sake of argument. I've taken my five, my five-year-old's been to, went to the Rochdale game at home, Sheridan's first game back. Um, I want to take him, but if they go down to the Conference North and I live down south, the chances of me getting him to all the games in the north, you know, when he's so young to, to be going regularly, I'm going to lose him to someone like Brentford or Fulham or Chelsea. He's going to support a West London team where I live and I'm going to lose my eldest son. to the. And that's the thing that that makes me sit to the pit of my stomach yeah. because I may not be able to get my sons to follow the same football team that I, I support. Partly because of where I live, where right? so that's my decision, but just because of the shit state of it. So we've got to get that, that argument about putting money in to help the club. That's fine when the club is being run by competent people who understand how to. Well, Sheridan's in charge. He's on his own. Sheridan, yeah. Sheridan alone cannot put a competitive squad together of 23, four players for the National League on a budget of 1.2 million quid. He's not a miracle worker. He's a he's a he's a he's a he's a good solid coach who understands the football club and the support base. He'll get the best out of what he's got. That that's that's the best you can hope for. But he needs help. He, he need, we need a decent chief executive. We need a decent owner that that, that makes sure that the that the budget is regular and no one's getting paid late and and everything is everything is comfortable. We've got a decent backroom team, decent coaching staff, decent sporting director. If you want to go down that that route, we've got to have all that infrastructure in place. 
We've got none of it in place. It's just a mess. So it doesn't matter Sheridan being in charge and, and the club are using Sheridan as like a smokescreen to try and to try and um, present a, a, a case of, of we're going to give this a good go and give you a statement about 1.2 million quid. Don't buy it. Get them out. Don't buy the ticket. That, that's a good slogan, actually, Andy. Don't buy it. Because that just applies to everything. It applies to don't buy the ticket, uh, don't buy the merch, and just don't buy the message. Because the unfortunate, just... <laughs> the unfortunate thing, though, is that people will do it. You know, you can. There's certain people who will do it regardless. And if they want to do it, fine. But you can't complain about it. You can't be moaning saying, "Oh, well, it's all our fault." Because at the end of the day, you need to starve him out. You know, Andy touched on a great point there because my brother, he's got two young lads, and they're you know. Liverpool, not Liverpool, sorry, one of them's a City fan, I think, and the other one's a United fan, you know, and he's a staunch Oldham fan, so it is a case of losing a generation, and you look at the likes of the Atleticos, and fair play to them, okay, they might do a bit of stupid stuff when they're throwing stones at people's coaches and stuff like that, or some of them are, whether that's them or not, but at least they're coming watching Latics, do you know what I mean, and it is that next generation you feel sorry for, because people like us, we're well-versed on how crap we are. That's the thing. I mean, it, I mean, I had this conversation with Dave on the phone in the other night, and you know, to think that like there's certain elements in the fan base that think that because we have different opinions and because we have this view that we are somehow bad for the football club and that we are the enemy and that we are pariahs, right? But I sit next to Dave on the phone in, and Dave's my mate, right? <laughs> and we've I've got to know Dave through the football. We've got different views. He's bought his season ticket next season, and he's going to put money into the contingency fund. His argument is, this is what I do with my daughter, and I want to do it. Well, on the flip side, one of the few things that I have time to do with my nephews is go to the match, which just me, my brother, and my two nephews. So that's, But I'm prepared to make that sacrifice for the short-term game, and Dave isn't. I think Dave's wrong for not doing that, for not being prepared to do it, but I'm not going to fall out with him and, and not be mates with him as a result because I can I can separate the two things. He's free to do what he wants. And mm. we had this conversation on the phone in. So it's possible for, for, for both sides of, of the debate to have constructive conversations and keep having those conversations and keep trying to convince the other side that one thing is better than the other. Right in a constructive, polite way. You know, most decent people aren't going to. I'm not going to turn around and call him a scab and no. and, 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 and and hit him and or, or 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 start an online smear campaign against him, which is obviously being something that the other side of you know of some of those horrible, horrible people are doing to some of us. It's not that's not the way. But what we have to keep doing is we have to keep hammering our message home of this is why we think it's important, and just keep doing that. And that's what we're going to keep doing. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment entirely. It's like when we had Leo on the other week, mate of mine, he's bought his ticket. I'm not, I'm still his mate. <laughs> I'm not going to fall out with him over it, but I, I think he's wrong to do so. And, and that argument about if you put money in, we can put a better squad together. If you look at the average average home gates this, this season, what position in the league are we in for an average home gate? Uh, yeah, you said that was before. Was it 10th? 11th, 11th. I think it was. Yeah. 11th. So we so we've got we've got the eleventh best at home support, and we travel away brilliantly anyway. But home support eleventh, we finished second bottom. So the Lemsingams are continuing to be in charge. If you put more money in, we can do better. Uh, no, <laughs> the evidence tells us. We won't. So stop putting money in. <laughs> 
starve them out, get decent owners in with a decent, in decent infrastructure, and maybe within a year or two, we might be able to be competitive in this division. But it ain't going to happen straight away. The comments about this is what I do with my family. I'm sorry, I do that with my family and have done for years. And me and my dad have season tickets and my brother as well. They've not got season tickets at the minute. But at the end, we do things as a family elsewhere. You know, you don't have to go to the football to do things as a family. It's such a short-sighted view of not being funny. If you continue to put money into this club and we continue the way that they're going and have Dallas still in charge, there is literally nobody else to blame apart from the fans still funding it. How how else is anything going to change unless we remove that financial support? Yeah, it's just not going to change on its own, is it? A risk of putting the backs up of the people that are prepared to do fund it and 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 say, well, it's because I have this special thing that I have to do. It's quite selfish. <clears throat> I think it's quite selfish to to and I. I if we can't having said it's that, not I'm going to caveat be there that, to do in the future, Matt. No, exactly. But it is a tough one. How do we keep the young fans like your kids, Andy, and my nephews engaged if we can't take them to the football? It is tough. But like you just said, Adam, if unless we do something now, there'll be no club for them to support in the future. So it's, it's yeah, it's hard decision time. It's make a sacrifice time. We've been talking about this for the last two years on this podcast. You know, coming it into our third season of the podcast That's now. That's what it is. And we still trying to convince certain people not to fund this regime. And they like like we mentioned Paddy before, and he'll say, well, you know, we <laughs> you changed your mind quick enough when Shez came in. All right, we did. Fair enough. We hold our hands up. At some point, off the back of, there has to be an, org an organised campaign where everyone is involved in, in trying to do this. And that has to happen now. PTB tried the, the boycott at the beginning of last season, didn't work because circumstances, COVID, et cetera, et cetera. We've been relegated to the National League now. I mean, I can't see any other reason to, to go back. We have to have to call it now. How, how well supported was the blackout yesterday? Were, were there a lot of people in black? There were, yeah, there was quite a few. I mean, I heard one guy in the pub saying, oh, they told us to wear black. I'm not fucking doing that. You know, you, you're going to get those kind of fans. But you could tell walking to the ground, I'm, I'm going to Paddy. He's holding because there's like three or four of them, like, in a, you know, walking in a row and that. And it was it was quite well supported, so much so that when I walked into the ground and we you know we grabbed a seat, me and my mate Magoo, we grabbed a seat and we were sat up near it back. And Copper come up to me, he started marching up the steps. I thought I just didn't think anything of it. I thought he was going to walk past me. And he says, "You're right. How come you're all wearing black?" So I've noticed there's quite a few of you in black. So I started having a chat and I said, you know, about it being the funeral and all this sort of stuff for the football league status and everything, last away game. And I said to him, I said, it's not a case of us being like, um, you know, a, a team from the Eastern Bloc where they all wear black because they're ultras and they're going to start smashing the ground up. He said, direct, they'll behave today. And, you know, we do generally behave very well away from them. So it made the cop, it definitely got the cop's attention. I would say it made them a little bit nervous because... And there was a hell of a lot of police yesterday. I didn't really see any trouble. As I said, there was a couple of Tramia fans got thrown out for being a bit lippy. And, you know, there was a few people smashed a few seats up and a few bottles and stuff thrown onto the pitch. But apart from that, oh, and there was one guy invaded, which is a highlight. <laughs> apart from that, it was pretty, yeah, it was well received and uh, we behaved ourselves pretty well, I thought. And Well, I think good. That, that's, that's good to hear because it gives, it gives me some confidence that, that you know, Adam PTB, when you guys push a message that, that that it cuts through to the majority of the fan base, which is which is encouraging. So obviously we've got the you've got you've announced the a protest at the final game of the season next week. 
We don't yet know whether we'll be allowed in or not, or whether it will be a behind closed doors game. Could 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 go either way, but there is there is a a, a protest organised outside the ground for the final game to let people know what we think. I, I suspect for me, I, I'm kind of looking at you guys at PTB to decide where the protest goes into next season. So I, I, on a personal basis, I'm not going to Boundary Park. I'm not buying my kids any kits. I'm not putting any money in, into the club. If you guys say full boycott, so the other question is, um, everyone should consider um, I follow, so EFL, we're not in it next season. So you shouldn't therefore have an I follow contract renewal. So, I mean, I'd be cancelling that anyway at the end of the season. But I, I think there is a suggestion that we're, we're actually keeping I follow, but it'll be audio only, apparently. Okay. So, so but, but so, obviously they will get notifications to renew, but obviously, you know, if people aren't going to then you know that is an option not to well i think i think i think probably that that's that's an option um to consider for everybody is whether you want to pay for your iFollow uh contract or you cancel that the the other thing to consider is um i've seen quite a few people say oh, it's a way day only for me next season most of the grounds we're going to go to are going to require um on sale tickets prior to the game because we're going to fill them um because they're going to be small grounds so that means that you're going to have to buy your away tickets from the club which means that a percentage of that ticket sales goes to the, into the club's coffers. We've had a look on the National League's website and it's 5%. I think it's 10 in the, the um, Football League, I think. But 5% in the National League. So 5% of all ticket sales go to the club. So if you're boycotting, you know, is it are you boycotting entirely and not travelling into any game? Or I guess what I'm looking for is we all need to unite behind the same cause. Um, if PTB go with a, with a full boycott, I'll join the full boycott. If PTB say it's away days only, then maybe I'll just go to away games. But I, I guess we need to all unify behind the same cause as best possible. I, I think the um, I think we've got to be realistic. Um, if we said a full boycott with us being in a a new league with new grounds to go to, are people going to back and away? I generally don't think they will. So I think we've got to be realistic in our approach. Um, and I think we're going to look towards uh, a home boycott. Um, the Atleticos have already said that uh, they're not going to be attending next season. Um, so, you know, we're going to be uh, pushing that in this next week as well. And obviously we're going to have a conversation with the foundation to see if that's something that, you know, them as a group are going to... Uh, I know Matt's always said he's not going, you know, speak to the rest of the foundation, see where everyone's up to. But as far as push the boundary away, we are going to be pushing for a home boycott and putting it out to fans to see, you know, what else does what what else do we think we can do? But I think the the away thing with us being in an, in a, a new league, I think it'll be um unrealistic to expect uh, a lot of fans to stay away uh from going to away games. I agree I agree with that. I mean I've been boycotting home games I've I've been buying my tickets. I've had to buy tickets to go to all the away games and then you know advanced sale tickets, and I've done that through other people's season tickets, um, which is the reason that some people are buying season tickets so they they can do that, get their away tickets. But I'll continue to do that. But I'm not going to be in any sort of rush next season to go to these games because I've completed the 92 teams watching Latics. I've done that, or you know, finished that with Harrogate, and then uh, I'm not I'm not going to be doing a case of having to rush out to go to these places because it's a Southern League. So, Andy, you're in your element next season because there's loads of uh, Southern teams in that division, isn't there? But 
as far as the iFollow is concerned, I'd urge people not to renew iFollow because some people have dodgy sticks, don't they, of course. And I couldn't think of anything worse than losing the picture and having to listen to Roy for a season and paying for the privilege. Like It's just the language as well, like what you said before, Rick, about, oh, Steve, you're in the pub, they've told us not to do it. We're not telling anybody to do anything. People, you're free to make your own decisions, right? But don't encourage people for to do or not do things for for a reason and understand what that reason is. I think being able to go to away games and still be able to take our kids to some of these games is important. <laughs> it does, you know, it keeps them interested. So I think that I think that that is, you know, five percent of a couple of hundred tickets for <laughs> Wheelstone or whatever is not. It's not going to be the end of the world, is it? I think compared to like you know the, what the what kind of home attendances can we expect next season? If as, as I believe the majority of people are going to stay away, uh, and it's going to be hard because after a summer you've not had any football and people are people want to go again, don't they? And as soon as the friendlies come around, people go and and or whatever. But I think there's going to be a lot more resolution within the fan base this time round. I hope so, anyway, because I think we do have to cut it off at that source. I think we can expect season, crowds next season, in this case, then to be easily sub two thousand. That's my that's my take on it, and that that would signify quite a big loss to the football club every week. Um, I would urge, if for some reason we end up getting a decent kit next season, which is going to be, <laughs> you know, dubious. It's not going to be Hummel as far as I be, as far as I'm aware, but I don't know who it's going to be. Um, you know, it's things like, oh, that's a nice kit. Well, I wasn't going to spend any money, but we heard that a lot, didn't we, when the kits came out this season. It, it's going to have to take a lot more effort from the fan base to, you know, if you're a grown up, if you're a grown man and you can't resist a football kit, have a word with yourself. You know, you're not 10. Do you know what I mean? Like, there'll be loads of them beginning, giving them away at the end of the season when they haven't sold them anyway. Wait till then. Like, we need to make an effort and we're not telling anybody what to do. I hope, I mean, today again, We've clarified that we can still be friends and have different points of view, but we will encourage you not to support this regime. And away games, let's back Shez. Let's give him all the encouragement that he needs, but Boundary Park needs to be a pretty cold and empty, desolate place next season, I think. Yeah. Should we we talk about other news of the week? Uh, Suzanne Geldard broke uh, a story where she intimated or suggested that Simon Blitz could uh, go down the administration route again with the owner over uh, unpaid debts in some in terms of rent. Will I, will I get rid of him? Well, it, I mean... I think, didn't last time, did it? Yeah, no, it didn't, yeah. He could I end think, up just selling Vaughan and Kuto, couldn't he? And paying off what correct. he owes. So yeah. realistically, again, is it a solution? Not at this moment in time, because while he's still got those two as assets there's not a great deal else there is there apart from them two you know I would say admin's definitely up there but with them two still being here I don't think it is I mean and at the end of the day like we want a, this is another thing isn't it we want a club that pays its what it's if it owes rent it pays its rent if it's got bills it pays its bills you know if it needs to get water supplied to the ladies toilet they get it fixed like we want a football club that's run properly, that does things the right way. That that it shouldn't be shouldn't be there with, with there's outstanding rent on a place. It's but the ridiculous. thing is, you, you you could get businesses, fans who have own businesses doing things for you for free. 
But yeah. the, all the goodwill of this club's gone. Exactly. Exeter City, Matt. Exactly. Exactly. No, yeah. But we see it all the time. We see we talk to fans, don't we? Between us, oh, I I run such and such a business. I would do this for the club if they weren't there. So it's them that's holding back all this goodwill work and money that would be going into the club because of them. So they need to stop blagging and stop pretending that it's everybody else's fault. The, mo the, the money's not going into that football club because they are there. Simple as. I, th I think one, one of the other points to make about the sort of administration is, is that it was a very realistic prospect when there was a debenture, in effect, a, a loan secured against the limited company. Now that isn't the case. It's just money owed. So he, he I think Blitz in this instance, is just a standard creditor um, as opposed to a, a preferred creditor on a basis that it's a debenture against the club. So I'm not sure administration is something that could be guaranteed. Albeit, if if um, Abdallah owns £400,000, £500,000, he may find it difficult to raise that those funds and pay it um, other than selling off what limited assets from the eight possible players he could have he could have on on contract beyond the end of this season, um, and and of course you've also got the court case, uh, you know, outstanding. Um, I don't know how that would affect it. I have checked in with the courts this week. There is literally no movement in the last fortnight. Um, so in terms of what I can see, we're just waiting for Corny on face value to accept. Or, or to acknowledge receipt of particulars and um, decide who his, who his legal team is. Uh, nothing's moved on that. So that's procrastinating and dragging out a bit. So, yeah, I mean, I think we needed to discuss it because it was in the news this week, but I don't think there's probably anything great deal to say. The other thing that's been noticeable is there was an article that ran in, was it the Jewish Times, where Barry Chato was, was listed as um, saying he might have an interest in Latix. People might remember Barry was... Uh, Involved with the with the three amigos in the very early days, um, he was on the board back then, and he there was there was suggestion that he was thinking about buying a club some time ago. He is quite an old man now; he's eighty four years of age. So uh, I, I don't know what his motives would be at that stage of his life, but apparently, so says an article that he he might be interested in getting involved. But as we said before. We need a consortium of local business people. So presumably, Matt, someone from the foundation might want to have a chat to Barry and see what he's thinking, maybe. Yeah, I think we've already reached out to him. Nice. So, you know, we don't mess about, Andy. Well, it's good. that's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe he's just got to that point in his life where he just needs to get rid of a load of money and he thought the best way would be to get involved in a football club because that seems to be the easiest way to piss away a fortune, doesn't it? So <laughs> maybe it's something to do with inheritance tax or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But the thing is, I mean, we know certainly not an, an ageist uh, podcast by any stretch of the imagination, but a lot of energy and a lot of work has to go into to running a football club. I mean, you could ask our current owners, and they, obviously they have a different approach to it. They have uh, sort of minimum effort is is required. But if you're going to do it properly, you need to spend a lot of time and there's a lot of energy, a lot of work. So presumably he, someone like that would would, would be appointing a, a, a team of people with the relevant energy and, and enthusiasm to to do it. But we've, we've, look, we've got to explore every option. We've got to talk to everybody. We've, we've got to try and find the best solution for the club going forward. It's as simple as that. And, and obviously sticking with what we've got is not, He's, even in the short term, 
because I think the way that, that, that Abdallah described it was that in the medium term, they were going to sell the football club. Well, <laughs> sorry, mate, we can't hang around that long with you in charge. The medium term, no, short term is definitely what we need. Yeah, I guess the the other two um, points to raise, just linking to, to those bits, is if we did enter administration in the National League, it's a 10-point uh, penalty, not a 15-point penalty, which I think is what is in the Football League. So we'd be hit with a 10-point penalty uh, deduction for that. The other thing is um, the EFL loan that we took um, a year ago. I'm, I think we're trying to do a bit of research to find out what might be outstanding, but I think there's still amounts to pay on that into next season. So again, this whole we're going to set the budget at 1.2 million quid for next season. You're like, okay, are you paying the loan back that you still owe an outstanding six-figure sum? <laughs> we'd we'd actually spoke to the we got an email back from the EFL. I think it was yesterday after. We'd said to them, can you clarify if it had been paid off the loan? And he said, if it's still on the website, it's still live. Correct. That's all they'd say. They wouldn't yeah. obviously say, yes, the money is still is outstanding. But obviously so, the fact that it's still there suggests it's still live. So so I, I don't know for sure, um, but I'm I'm led to believe that the 400 grand loan that we took, there's still at least £100,000 left to pay. Do we expect that our special advice, our, not our, the club's special advisors are trying to attract some kind of investment to keep the club going next year because sponsorship's going to be at an all-time low. Gate receipts are going to be at an all-time low. Season ticket sales are at an all-time low. Abdallah doesn't seem to want to put too much of his own money in. The, the payments from the, obviously, the, the million pound from the Premier League is not going to be there. So the club is going to be, where's this money coming from? And why on earth would you not want to try and solve the problem with your customers, first and foremost. We know that last season they, they planned for a fallout in attendances rather than trying to fix the problem, trying to address the problem. They, they're going into this season with exactly the same attitude. But where's the money coming from to keep it going? That's got to be the that's got to be the concern, isn't it? Where is the money coming from? The money is going to... So are the club's special advisors trying to find investors to put money into the club? To keep it going, and what and what implications will that have on the sale of the club going forward, the ownership of the club, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and what kind of people are prepared to put money into a business like Oldham Athletic that is run by those people? It's it's there's again you, you finish the podcast on more questions than answers, don't you? Well, I mean, this gets us back then uh, to your event on the twelfth of May, doesn't it? Really, because. That that looks now, from a fan's perspective, to be a pivotal sort of night where we can discuss what the alternative options are to these types of owners and what a plan might look like that people can unify behind and start to donate some money towards. Yeah, I mean donations are coming in. Like we've we we, you know, we're raising money. It's it's it's, it's increased. It's sped up, but we need a lot more. And we need to be a lot more organised and we need to get much bigger chunks of money as well, uh, rather than just, you know, a few hundred pounds here and there as, as, as much as they are useful. And we need we need that. But we, we need we need local businesses and local investors to get involved. So hopefully we can kick on with that from the 12th. Uh, are you coming, Rick? Have you got a ticket or are you? Yeah, I've got a ticket. Me and, me and your best pal Paddy over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Paddy when I meet him in person. He's just a pain in the ass on Twitter. <laughs> you, want, you want to try going to away games with him <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he's, I mean he's, everyone's entitled to their opinions and they're like uh, 
we all have a view and we we don't have to agree but i think that, i mean that and that's a theme from today's part of it. we don't have to agree we can still see the value in each other we can still get on and have a laugh and agree to disagree uh, there's no need for us to be at loggerheads and we, we're going to need to be really really on each other's sides this season coming forward and if, we, if it's going to work if we're going to if we're going to boycott and we're going to put money into the into building a fund the vast majority of us i'd say 90 percent of us are going to have to be on the same team Soundtrack Alert System is produced by Matt Dean and Andy Halliwell for QPod Productions and fans of Old Athletic all over the world. We'd like to thank Push the Boundary for their continued support and all the fans who listen every week, particularly those who get involved. The pod is and always will be free, but you can donate just $2.99 per month to help us fund it by the link in the show notes. If you'd like to make a one-off donation, please contact us directly. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or contribute in any way, please email bpalertsystem at gmail.com. Contact us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at OAFC Podcast or visit our website oafcpodcast.co.uk where you can also read Arlene's weekly blog. Old Athletic Supporters Foundation need your help to raise a minimum of £1 million as soon as possible for the 1895 fund. We're working with PTB and all like-minded supporters to raise enough money to be at the table in a bid to save our club. Visit oldmathleticsupportersfoundation.com to pledge as much as you can afford to help us reach this target visit at pushtheboundary.co.uk to find out more about their efforts to give fans a voice. We're also proud to bring you the Latix Football Phone in live every Thursday night from 7 till 8pm at youtube.com forward slash the Boundary Park Alert System. Catch up there now if you've missed any. Make sure, it's taking a while isn't it, make sure you help change the game by downloading the Fan Hub app and listening to us from there. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ and producer Starion and you can learn more by visiting Red Laser Records cars.bandcamp.com thanks for listening and remember you can have it all but how much do you want it see you next week